Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Android Central Podcast. My name is Shruti Shaker. I am the managing editor here, and I'm joined by my favorite guest, Nick Sutrick. Hello, good sir. Good morning. Good morning. And Andrew Myrick. Hi, hi. Hello, hello. And my favorite, Jerry Hildenbrand. Hello. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? I, I'm okay. Yeah. We're all kind of feeling a bit blah this week. And you know what? Let's just get through this. <laughs> so um, a lot of today's episode is going to be a, around uh, the Apple event, far out event. I think that's what they called it. The far out event or something like that. Uh, Apple event that happened last week. Um, there was a lot of things that came out. A uh, bunch of iPhones, two new watches, AirPods, two Pro 2, AirPods Pro. One, one of You know what I'm talking about. Um, but I wanted to talk about some of the cool features that were announced. And um, But I just, before we get to that, I want to just talk about the Apple event in general. Uh, what did you guys think? Uh, I thought it was, it was very Apple, I feel, uh, you know a lot of money being spent on an event. And I don't know, I thought it was cool. Uh, It was in person for the first time after three years or two years, I guess. So that was kind of cool. I I, I saw a bunch of tech uh, reporters and influencers that were at the event. Uh, What do you guys think? Uh, Yeah. I kind of wonder, like, I I think... I mean, there have been several now that they have teased with uh, some kind of AR, I don't know, thing, right? So this one was like, it was like a black hole that you would walk up to with your phone and you'd look through it and I can't remember what was in it, but there have been a lot of these where they'll use some sort of AR tech for a teaser and then I feel like they showed nothing AR related. Well, yeah, they didn't. And that was surprising. Like, I think Michael was in our group chat just... I, I don't know, I guess he was just like, all right, AR, VR, like toward right. at, the, at the very end. And then it was just like, all right, Tim Cook was just like, okay. And that's, that's it, folks. And he actually, I, I mean, we're not going to talk about it today, but he did write, you know, about how um, they didn't announce anything. And maybe that's sort of an indication of, did they, you know, miss the gun or did they do this on purpose? So I think it's kind of interesting that they didn't announce anything AR VR specifically because so many other companies are, you know, focused right. on, and, on and it. just the fact that they consistently use this in their advertising and their teasers leading up to these events. And I feel like it's always that, oh, are they going to do it? And everyone's like, no, nah, they didn't do it. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it sounds very it's, uh, it's pixel. almost a guaranteed letdown at this point. It's almost like the pixel watch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Eight years later, they finally announced something. <laughs> well, we'll wait for uh, an Apple VR headset to show up in a hotel like yeah. Meta's did this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Apple's not going to do it until it can make money doing it. Yeah, right. I mean, it's true. like folding phones, right? Which cool. Yeah, we'll we talked about in a bit. Yeah, we yeah. talked about that in a bit. There's <laughs> got to look at no, the show notes. No company making money from AR VR right now. Uh, you know, I think they will one day, but Apple's more than willing to let somebody else figure out exactly what people want, and then it can swoop in like a savior and deliver it in a shiny, glossy box, and sure, everybody will think they're the best. Yeah, I, 
I, I, I think, think if sorry, Meta go, had go dumped ten billion into R and D last year, they actually would have shown a profit because they made a billion dollars in revenue off of quest related stuff. So but that yeah, was but the, that's they, the thing, yeah. Could they have made a billion dollars if they didn't dump ten billion dollars in R and D? Uh, well, I mean, they, they really just earmarked that recently, so I don't you know. You got to spend money to make money, isn't that how the saying goes? Yes, and I mean, in this case, it's it certainly is because there's a whole lot of tech hurdles to overcome. Yep, <laughs> but I also think it's it's um actually seeing an uptick of of customers who are interested in it, right? I like when we look at the Quest and any other VR AR you know, kind of company or headset or whatever you want to call it. Um, there, like there are some numbers, but it's, I, I think that's what Apple is looking at is to, to truly see the uptick of, of consumers. And I don't think, I don't think we see that yet. I think, I think, you know, companies like Meta are are placing a lot of bets on, on this cool new thing. And it's like, are we really going to see something here? Right. Um, and I think when we start to see, you know, it shift from a minority number of people to a majority number of people, I think, I think at that point, Apple will say, okay, you know, and, and actually I think, you know, I think they're, they probably, I mean, it's, they've got to be working on it already, because it's Apple. They're not going to just wait for something to get popular and then work on something. So I think I think it's just a matter of time. Really. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. Totally agreed. Uh, okay, so with respect to um, the Apple event, we saw one of the really coolest designs, I guess, or... I, it is cool, but I think it, it was one of the things that most people were most excited about which is the dynamic island. Um, and Nick, you wrote a fantastic editorial. It's called Dynamic Island is what Android should have go- should have done with hole punch cameras. A y- bleh, I can't talk today. Dynamic- <laughs> years ago. <laughs> years ago. Dynamic Island is what Android should have done with the hole punch cameras years ago. It's a fantastic article. Please go read it. Um, but basically, Apple's iPhone 14 Pro finally uh, ditched its ugly notch, and now it's doing something really different. Uh, and it, it's a different way uh, for notifications to come through, calls to come through. You can basically interact with your notch, which is super, super cool. And I think a lot of people were excited about that. So um, why don't you kind of start this one off, Nick, and, and we'll continue talking about it. Okay. So um, in, I guess in general, as far as the feature goes, the reason I like this is because Apple took the notch, which I have been uh, very vehemently against since its inception. I think it's ugly and it's stupid. <laughs> and it's really just a waste of space right up top. And they have now taken it and they've turned it into something useful. So, you know, really, if you're looking at the, you know, what they call the dynamic island, which is really just some hole punch cameras that are slightly wider. It actually takes up more of the screen space than the notch did because it's slightly further down. And because of the way that works, uh, you have that extra space up there that is now not space for content to appear in, right? So your apps aren't going to scale above that necessarily. Um, and, and you know, technically it probably gets in the way more if you really like the whole 
pinch and zoom video, which I, I don't know why anybody does that, but whatever. Okay. That's the thing. So I like it though. Again, like uh, it makes this technical limitation useful. So instead of just having this completely useless black space here, now they have made it so that it's not only useful, but it's beautiful, right? So you have notifications that come in, which notifications have been a problem in iOS since its inception, really, like they have made it better over the years. But Android notifications, I would say by and large, people would agree are still better. Um, iOS does some things better. But for the most part, I think, especially Android's notification shade and how it organizes notifications is better. But this really takes a nice step to sort of fixing that because now you have this space where things that you're currently using. So, uh, you know, music playback, phone calls, anything like that, that you would normally have to physically pull the notification shade down to get back to is now sitting up there at the top of your screen. And I mean, what do you even use the top of your screen for anyway, other than status stuff? And to me, this is sort of the ultimate status bar on the top. Oh, because it now just when you say that, it's also the ultimate status being an Apple user if you have this phone. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess, right, that this adds another one of, one of those things, right, where it's like, oh, now you have the, this extra thing up there. But, you know, to me, this is just such a great idea. And it, and it builds on what LG did back in 2015, I think it was, with the V10. And with the V10, they had what they called a second screen, which is just like a ticker display right above the main display. And more or less, it did the same thing. I mean, it, Dynamic Island is more full-featured for sure. But, you know, you think back, we're, we're talking eight years ago now, LG effectively did this same idea. And I really wish they stuck with it. I mean, regardless of the fact that LG is gone now, it was like after two series of V-phones, they got rid of it. And <laughs> I, I don't know why. And I really don't know why this concept didn't catch on more. Um... I've seen people talk about the reachability aspect. You know, now you have to use your other hand to reach up to the top of the phone. But this is another thing, like we're already doing this with notification shades. We're already doing this with quick toggles. I, I feel like that's a nonsense argument. I want to go back to that question as to why it didn't become popular. But uh, before we get to that question, I had a thought as well. And I'm wondering if... I don't know, Nick, if you've done some research on this or if any one of you other guys have done some research into this, but um, if you're using your phone, like let's say you're on a phone call or something and you're like, you're not on the phone screen, but you're on like your main screen and then you put your ear to your phone. Do you, I wonder if your ear accidentally could trigger dynamic Island in a way, or like it would interfere. Like I'm sure Apple has thought of that, but I wonder if it, kind of trigger something or mess it, it shouldn't um and in fact this is the first iphone that has an under display proximity sensor mm, um so they, okay. they are working on putting more things under the display like android phones do okay got um, it so I, you know i i think see i wonder now okay now that they have established this as as a new piece of ui it makes me wonder what they're going to do in five years when they probably get rid of this thing for something else steal another android thing probably (laughs) i don't i don't know i i just think it's interesting that you know again what i like is that they're taking a technical limitation and making a really cool useful and pretty feature out of it which i think Mm. is 
the last part is definitely Apple, right? So uh, back to that question that you had posed, and obviously you might not know the answer, but maybe someone else does on this podcast. Uh, the question of why didn't it become popular? Um, could it be because of the way users were behaving, you know, several years ago? Um, why didn't Android stick to it? Like, I just think that's why. Why didn't they do it? <laughs> because it was dumb. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I used a V10. I like that phone. My least favorite part of that phone was that stupid little window at the top that didn't do anything. It wasn't big enough to show the content of a message without it ticking by. Uh, the best part about it is you could program it to have colorful language <laughs> displaying at all times. And it was, you know, no, no interaction. You couldn't touch it. You couldn't make it do anything. Uh, it was just a, a, a gimmick much like this. The rest of the world has moved on and is now working on cameras that can sit underneath a specially designed display. Uh, Apple, that's what you should have done. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, uh, despite it being stupid back then, or maybe some people thought it was stupid. Um, we recently wrote, I'm just pulling up the article, uh, iPhone 14 Pro's dynamic island might soon see its Android version in Xiaomi phones, which it's so funny how, you know, the second that something is, you know, it's almost like, I don't know how to explain it, but it's like, it's like Android or sorry, it's like app, Apple is like the cool kid. It's like the popular kid, the jock. And it's like uh, the second they do something, everyone else has to do it. And it's it just, I don't know, it's just that's sort of the, the thing that I, I'm thinking of. But essentially the day after Apple announced Dynamic Island, um, a UI developer um, basically shared a video clip on Twitter showing a Dynamic Island style area at the top of a phone screen housing the notifications on a Xiaomi phone. Um, and I mean, obviously it hasn't been approved, but, uh, or we haven't really heard anything of it actually coming to, uh, the phone, but it's possible that they could, and it's possible that, you know, other, uh, Android phones might get it. But I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this concept that Apple is like the jock of, of the high school, um, and Android simply just, you know, isn't, uh, confident enough <laughs> to, to do something on their own. I I think it's true when the ideas are good. So when we see things like Touch ID, for instance, right? I mean, you know, I think like a lot of things, Apple wasn't necessarily the first to put a fingerprint scanner on a phone that was Motorola. But when Apple did it, everyone was like, oh, crap, we got to do it. And I think there are a lot of things like that, too, where uh, when Apple does something like this, a lot of times other manufacturers have to play keep up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in, in this type of feature, it, it's funny to see it come out the day after. Like, I loved that. That was really hilarious to me. And it doesn't work exactly like Dynamic Island, but it's darn close. It even visually looks almost identical. Like, the, the person who did this did a bang-up job. Yeah, and I I agree when it comes to, like, the good things you know, Apple really does a good job, but we never see, um, I guess we never really see 
Google or Android. I don't know how to say this. Like they, why don't they just stick to something if they think it's cool? Like I, it just, I don't know. It just kind of makes me wonder why we don't, why, why they don't do it. Like if this happened like so many years ago, why didn't they just stick with it? I don't, I see. And I really can't answer that. Cause like, I'll, I'll totally disagree with Jerry's sentiment that the ticker was useless because I far prefer notifications coming across as a ticker or something like that versus the stupid pop-up garbage that we have now. I can't tell you how many times I accidentally click a notification because, oh, <laughs> here it appears in the top 15% of my screen right when I was about to click something. I really do not like the pop-down thing. What do they even call it? Heads up. If you don't like pop-ups, well, you're going to love what Apple's giving you. Yes, but... <laughs> This is in the like the portion that's not used by an app. That's why I like it. Whereas if you're looking at heads up notifications, both on iOS and Android, it comes right in front of the content that you're currently interacting with. So oftentimes people and then like myself click the stupid notification on accident and then you got to go back to whatever you were doing. Yeah, I shut that off instantly. I'm with you there. It's so I, I like the idea of having that dedicated space where these things come in. I don't really deal with it unless I purposefully reach up to touch it. I like that concept. Um, y- you know, what I was going to say, though, earlier is like, I don't think the jock thing applies to everything, though. I really think it only applies to good ideas because and I'm going to get hate for it. But I hate face ID. I don't want to look at my phone and have it unlock. I want to Why? physically because I want to physically push a button or put my finger somewhere to make it unlock. I don't want it to unlock when I look at it. I don't like that idea. Nobody because... should. Nick is right. I mean, and even Google tried this idea with the Pixel 4 and it failed. Nobody else adopted it because nobody really wants it. And I I honestly say would say that if Apple offered the option of Touch ID versus Face ID. I feel like most users would pick Touch ID. Well, they like they used to have it, right? Like they don't do it They've anymore. They've never but... offered both in the same phone. Is what no, I'm no, saying. No, like they, if they, they gave you the option of an in-display fingerprint scanner with the Face ID above, you know, because Face ID is useful for AR stuff, right? It's yeah, great but, but for the, the, uh, too, the emoji stuff. The other thing too with Face ID is that it's if I'm not mistaken, and Jerry, you can correct me, and you probably will. Um, <laughs> is with face ID, it's, it's not taking an image of your face as taking the shape of your head, right? Like that's when, when they do the scan, they don't actually take a picture of it, your face. It's, it's a, not, yeah, for me, it's not that it's not the, um, necessarily like data collection privacy aspect. It's, uh, that there's not enough of a friction point between unlocking my phone Uh, like purposefully unlocking my phone. Mm. Now, I know, you know, you have the swipe up to unlock thing. That's by default. Okay, so I know that exists. But I just, I don't like the concept of looking at a device and having it recognize me and unlock. I don't, I'm not comfortable with that. That's so interesting because I, that's like (laughs) one of my favorite features of of the phone because it's like, it's so easy to use. And it's like, I could be laying in bed and it just unlocks and it's just so convenient you could be in a chair with your hands cuffed behind your back well yeah i mean jerry like obviously that's a problem i don't (laughs) want to be having my hands cuffed and well no but you know (laughs) how about somebody else that you don't believe should have their hands cuffed behind their back but 
yet there they are in that situation and yeah you know the wrong people can just rifle through their phone but the same thing can happen with uh you know with uh, a touch finger, ID. Sure. yeah like you could have your handcuffed and i mean i don't know why we're talking so grim but it, I mean, <laughs> well no because well. it's 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 a it's a real thing it's a it it's is, something it we is, should all should yes. be concerned about but also like i've seen like okay i've seen um in like bollywood you know i've seen like skits on tiktok not not tiktok but like random skits on that i've seen just go viral of like a, a guy trying like he, he'll knock someone out and then he'll take the finger and just you know press the phone to unlock it like sure. the same thing could happen with 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 that as well i mean like i don't see how it's any different from touch id well it's it's not i guess the way i think of it is you can no longer change your password when your password is your finger or your face i mean you should just make your password abc123 that's fair because you're it's, never it's not actually it. secure in person if right. if somebody is trying to take that from you you're right I don't know. I just when like on on Samsung phones, right? And I, you know, there are other phones that do this too. But particularly like the flip and the fold, they have the side mounted fingerprint scanner. Um, by default, I think Motorola phones used to be this way too. When you touch the fingerprint scanner, not click, right? When you just put your finger on the thing, it would boom unlock, and that's the default behavior. And I turn that crap off. I want to click the power button. Like I'm just weird about the button clicking. I don't know what else to say. That's what I want. <laughs> You're just weird in general. Cause I just fine. leave it. I'll take it. I just I leave really it to care. normal. Like I leave it on normal. The, you just rest. That's what I want Apple to actually do. Bring both. Give me the face ID and the fingerprint scanner in like they have on the iPad Air, which is embedded in the power button, but they just don't bring it to the phone because it's Apple. Yeah, yeah actually, and, isn't it also in? It's not just in the iPad Air. It's also in the in their other iPads, aren't they? Or is it, am it's I mistaken? The, it's not in the Pro. It's the Pro still Face ID only. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, it might be in like the the regular iPad now, but the iPad Air, I know for sure. Because I was hoping last year they were going to bring that to the Pro and they didn't. Just like as an alternate, like alternate solution. Because it's, it's just nice to have I choices. Yeah, and Face ID is more reliable. Plus Face ID on the iPad Pro with the keyboard is stupid because the camera's in the wrong spot. Yeah, you have to like move your head and it's just weird. Or like if you're holding it in your hand, nine times out of ten, I have the iPad in my left hand, my thumb's covering the camera. Yeah. Yeah, if if anything, it makes the most sense on a phone if we're talking form factor design-wise, right? Because you're pretty much always holding the phone in portrait mode. I had to think about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah and the thing's right at the top looking at your face so yeah it, i don't not, know not, not to i don't jump like back it i guess that's bit. the whole point <laughs> but uh, like going back to the, the 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 island like my thing that i like the most about that is instead of and, and i have i've watched a few reviews um, my phone doesn't come until tomorrow i just got the shipping notification so i don't know personally yet but it looks like all of the system notifications that would normally take up the middle of the screen and make you tap okay will also be not hidden but they'll they'll pop out of the island and i want android to do that more than anything else in the world because i'm tired of low battery percentage notifications or just system notifications in general or any taking up my entire screen for no reason 
Yeah, that's really annoying. It's not like the mistapping or whatever. Just I'm in the middle of doing something, a notification pops up taking over the whole screen. Like, for what? I don't care. I don't care. I'm using my phone. Well, I guess that that kind of goes back to that the same concept of, like, Apple did something right that, um, you know, Android should be doing. And maybe they will. No, 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 no. Android, you, you don't want this on your Android phone. Oh, you okay. do not want this on any phone that you can sideload an application on. What? Why? Be- because you, you give somebody a half a day and they can replicate it. Give another person another half a day and they can replicate it in a way that forces you to tap on it and do something that you didn't expect it to do. That's true. See, I don't think app developers. I I haven't looked at the um the API stuff for Dynamic Island. I think it just came out, but um if it's out yet at all. I don't think that app developers on iOS are going to be able to force you to tap. I don't think that's going to happen, but who the hell knows. Right. Whereas on Android, even if Google would make rules, I could just make an app and put it on a site that you sideload it and Yeah. Now that that may, I mean that makes sense. You don't want this on your Android phone ever. And this might really make Jerry mad, but that's kind of where I like Apple's control over stuff. They have too much control, but that's where I kind of like it's apps. App developers have to follow the APIs and stuff to the T or it's not going to work properly. I think Google should do the same thing. If you want your stuff in Google Play, it's either right or it just doesn't get in there. Right. And and I, I agree with that, too. And from a user perspective, you know, as much as I hate the control too, from a user perspective, it's better because, you know, like this week, okay, I had a friend message me and was like, hey, is your RoboRock app working correctly? And I'm like, actually, no, it keeps telling me I can't log into my freaking vacuum and tell it to go clean my house. And, you know, sure enough, I go check another Android phone, one of my pixels, and it works fine. And it works fine on another friend's iPhone. I'm just like, that that level, I know that has probably more to do with the the you know wide variety of hardware and stuff out there. But I feel like those API level issues are ultimately what causes these stupid little user pain points, basically, where people go, "What the heck? Why doesn't this work today when it worked yesterday?" And a lot of times, I don't think you get that on an iPhone. Uh, okay, I want to move on to. Um... <clears throat> another article that Nick wrote. Nick, you honestly wrote way too many articles. You need to stop writing. That's I'm, basically I'm what just you taking the rest stop of the day off. Stop telling him to write. Cool. <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> okay, so finish he, this up and I'm peacing out. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote, is Apple waiting too long to make a foldable phone? Now, this was this was an idea that I, actually, I was going to write it and then I forced Nick to write it. <laughs> it's because it's I made the Photoshop. Yeah, you did. It's a really good Photoshop. If you haven't read it, uh, go just to see the Photoshop picture because it's, it's sick. <laughs> I, <laughs> but um, and in hindsight, I should have used the one with two cameras, not three. Yeah, maybe. But what essentially, Nick photoshopped an Apple logo or an iPhone to look like a foldable phone. But the whole point of the the article uh, is that you know Android phones have had you know, years, Samsung is now in its fourth generation of its foldable, um, you know, has Apple sort of missed the boat in making foldable phones. And we've sort of had this conversation for a while now, but I guess the reason why I was thinking about it was um, in the past, the conversation has been Apple is going to wait to make 
a foldable phone in the right way because it knows its market. And and Jerry, you you've mentioned this as well, where Apple is not designing for the pub for the general public. Apple is designing for its audience. It right. will do whatever it wants, when it wants, and how it wants. But I'm just curious if now we are, you know, they they they've kind of missed the boat on it because we saw a bunch of phones announced this last week and none of them were foldables, which was, you know, I don't think anyone was surprised by that, but they all look the same. I mean, there really isn't much of a difference, you know, aside from a few things from the previous generation of the iPhone. And so it's like, what, what are they doing? So I don't know, uh, Nick, do you want to kind of talk about your article before we get into what other people think? Yeah, I mean, you know, like like you said and like Jerry said, I, I think to answer my own question right off the bat, are they waiting too long to make a foldable phone? No, because ultimately when, when Apple unveils something or when Apple announces something, it announces something for its users and its users do not care about what other companies are doing. They really only care about what Apple is doing and what their next product is going to have because they weren't going to switch anyway, right? Like, yeah. So the time frame here is pretty irrelevant, right? I mean, Samsung's doing well. If you look at um, the sales of foldable phones last year compared with Galaxy S phones last year, it's a surprisingly large percentage. Like when I started looking at the numbers, I couldn't believe it's it's literally like half of... So they sold over 20 million Galaxy S phones and they sold almost 10 million foldable phones last year. So we're talking in the premium segment, they're already at basically half of their Galaxy S line as far as foldables go. So they are commanding a substantial portion of their own premium sales and translating those into foldable sales. But, you know, if you look at the full picture, Apple sold 233 million iPhones last year versus... Samsung sold 10 million foldable phones, right? So it's still a very small space. And I don't know what the numbers are for the other manufacturers that make foldables, but it's way smaller than 10 million, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, foldables are doing really well. They're taking off for sure. There's no doubt about it. And I really do think that's the future of phones for most people, because I really think the form factor just makes the most sense. Whenever yeah. somebody sees my wife's flip, they're like, oh, my gosh, how's that phone? I want one. Almost every single time somebody sees it, they ask the question because it's cool. It's useful. <laughs> they're just great. I, I freaking love them. Uh, Apple won't do it until they get the glass right. They already tried shipping plastic phones before. They're not going to do it again. Uh, fair. Yeah, you can say that Apple could Apple could release one tomorrow and have it be just filled with compromises and all around a bad tech product and tell people that you'll love this. And the people that buy their products would say, yes, we love this. I'm just saying, I don't think Apple will do it until the glass is right. And I don't think the glass is there yet because they're going to, they're going to source it from Samsung and Samsung hasn't been able to, or I don't even know what, what they're doing with in terms of like, they're not going to, yeah. Apple's not going to ship an iPhone with a folding screen that has a, a, a it's plastic. It feels like plastic. No, 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 I no, hate that them. part. The, um, 
Oh my crease. God. The crease. Thank you. I couldn't the think crease. of the word. They're not going <laughs> to ship a phone with a crease. That's what I'm saying is like everything else will be the same as Apple. It'll be, you know, aluminum sides, glass back, one or two cameras on the back because they're going to keep it slim or whatever. Sure. We'll, we'll, and we'll never see a fold competitor. It's too big. Unless Maybe. they get rid of like, I, the, I don't. I, I think Apple, Apple is over the point of making small phones. I don't think that's really a thing for Apple anymore. I mean, they do make them. I think the flip is the I think the flip is the way to go for Apple. I think that's what they would prefer to do. I yeah, I think that will be the first thing we'll see out of them. But as far as the crease goes, and I didn't go into it in this article because it was really just too much to talk about. Yeah. But Dynamic Island made me wonder, okay, if let's say in three years they still haven't figured out how to get rid of the crease without, you know, and, Dy- and make it waterproof and all at the same time. The dynamic island is what's going to be on the outside. Yeah, or or like even some sort of crease UI. I don't, I don't know. Oh God, please, <laughs> please stop, please, please stop. It'll be I'm like just the, uh, like, you know, again, like the Surface taking, Duo too. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, you have that right. So just just taking this tech hurdle, right? Something that we can't figure out yet in the hardware space, and having software engineers go back and look at it and go, okay. I can take this thing that looks horrible or is not what we want and maybe turn it into something useful for a little while. I mean, we even had like when Samsung made the curved edge phones for most of its line, right? They had the edge display. And, you know, I thought it was cute. I liked that idea. It it wasn't that useful, but it was it at least took that hardware thing and it added a software layer on top of it that gave it more of a functionality. And, you know, this is a little different because the, the the glass was curved on purpose. This is not a limitation, obviously. But still, I, I kind of feel like we're going to see something like that when they do eventually launch it. I'm calling it right now. It's going to be called iFold. Okay, it's not, but... <laughs> <laughs> what about the idea of instead... What what if we're, we're thinking about this the wrong way? What if Microsoft's actually onto something with their design? Is it outside the realm of possibility for instead of the Truthy's iFold to be a single a single piece of glass? Do you guys think that Apple would do a dual fold like a dual screen folding phone, or do you guys like think a, that Apple, like a like, like a, the like Duo a, too? Like a, like a fold, like a fold. No, what are Samsung you Yeah. So way back in. I think it was 2011, uh, Microsoft announced this concept called the Courier. And that was the first time I think, actually might have been like 2009. That was the first time I think I ever thought about a foldable device, right? And it was effectively what the Surface Duo is today. It's two two different panes of glass, folds in half like a notebook. Mm. It had very notebook, uh, you know, forward features, came with a stylus. It's it's basically a Duo mixed with a Galaxy Note, right? And to me, that was like, holy crap, this is a cool device that would actually be really, really useful. So I think in that way, if Apple's going to go that route, I I genuinely think they could reintroduce the courier as we've seen them reintroduce many things and bank on it. I'm still calling it iFold. I'm I'm calling it iFold. Now, now here's here's why they're not going to use the word fold because Samsung's using it. And if you look at their... Uh, like I, most of the things they do, right? But what the else first could thing that you comes, call it? Like you can't call it 
it, I flip sounds awful. It's got to say I something. It can't be I. It has to be I fold. Like what else could it be? I, I'm going to put this in half. Like it's I half. No, that sounds awful. That sounds like I hop. That's fair. (sighs) But you know, if you look at a lot of truth, I don't ever want to know what's going on in your head. You're you're (laughs) rabbit holes, man. Good grief. (laughs) It can't be anything else. It has to be. You're so passionate about I fold. I, I feel like they they specifically pick different words. Like if you look at their portrait video mode that they launched last year, right? They didn't use portrait video, even though that makes more sense than cinematic mode. They chose cinematic mode, right? And and they do that with a lot of things too. Like they don't call it a hole punch camera. They call it dynamic island. You know, okay, like they, listen. they come up with these marketing terms and names. And I I thought I think there's almost no way they will use the word flip or fold in okay, the phone. Listen, I have Googled I, uh, a synonym to fold, okay? And I'm oh getting God. a bunch of words. It's not going to be I crease because that's disgusting. That would be, that would be amazing. <laughs> it's not going to be I crimp because that's awful. That sounds like a hair tool. I what? Crimp? Yeah. I, it, I pimp. <laughs> No, it's not. It could be I bend. It's not going to be Ben. Ben's as bad as crease. Or I double over. I double up. No, like I I turn over. But that sounds awful. Okay. iPhone compact. I compact. No, no. I like iPhone compact. And then they go for the fashion angle. You know, y'all are overthinking this. This for sure. Stop giving Apple so much credit. Remember, this is the company that. told you to take your apple three and raise it 18 inches above the ground and drop it to fix the overheating motherboard because they didn't want to put a fan in it that's before this, my time buddy but this is the same this company, is the company that, y'all are discussing i mean and, to be fair this is the same company too that made you turn a mouse over on its back to oh charge my God, it. it's still the worst thing ever it, it's, yeah. it's so, still, i mean there and there are several things like that right that's that's kind of out of the norm for them but it's so fun to poke at, at that one it's, okay it's truth you it, we're on to something else now okay yeah, whatever. Listen, let's, let's go to we, ad break or whatever I, we're supposed to do yeah, ad break because i <laughs> no, Jerry was talking let him finish oh, i'm sorry <laughs> I, I I didn't have anything useful to say. You did? Okay. All right. I tried. I tried. I tried. Okay. 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 Jerry, do you have anything to say? Apple will do whatever makes Apple money at so your I expense. Fold. But, Jerry, what do you think? It, it, do you think Apple's going to – do you think Apple's going to release one, Jerry? No. You don't think they'll ever release a foldable phone? Not in – the near future foldable phones will be completely different than they are today. So you think we're going to get Apple Apple AR slash VR before Apple, like, Apple glasses Apple glasses before we get a foldable Apple wrist iPhone? Bracelet. Come on, I don't think we're going to get Apple glasses anytime in the next five to ten years either. Okay, I just wanted to know. I wanted to know what, why would you change the formula that makes you billions of dollars a year? Because you need to make $2 billion a year? Well, they do that, too. Um, you're, well, you know what I'm saying. Just double whatever the number is that they're making now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Listen. Okay. I mean, I didn't... I'm calling it now. All right. It's going to be iFold. Again, I'm, qu- I'm quitting. I'm done. Bye, guys. <laughs> it's going to be iFold, man. That's the name of this, this podcast right. episode. Truthy, cut the ad break. <laughs> it would, it, it, it'll be the iPhone is what it'll be. No, it's going to be iFold. Okay? They will never use Samsung's nomenclature no, in the name of their phone. Ever. Okay, whatever. iPhone okay. V. On that note, um, let's take a quick break. That's actually not a bad break. idea. Let's take a quick break, okay? 
and we'll be right back. I think trying to hire somebody is probably one of the hardest things to do because you just want to find the right candidate. And one of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract interview, and hire all in one place. Find great talent faster through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed data. That's incredible to me. So, Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash ACP. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash ACP. That's indeed.com slash ACP terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, I'm still calling it iFold. Okay, anyways. Oh my um, God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, over the weekend, Jerry wrote a fantastic article. It's called Apple using an old, quote unquote, old chip in the iPhone is a good thing for everyone. And I thought it was a fantastic article. But basically, um, in a, a several or a, a couple of phones, they're using uh, the A15 Bionic uh, that debuted last in last year's models. and the more expensive pro models this year are going to be using the newer A16 Bionic chip. Um, And I know, Jerry, you, I mean, you were pretty happy with this decision. And you've kind of written about this as well um, before with the Samsung phones. But uh, tell us why you think this is a good idea. First off, if they didn't tell you what was inside, you'd never know. Yep. And that is where it all comes back to is that, as long as they produce a product that does everything that they say it's going to do and that you wanted it to do and it does it well, why would you want to spend more money to have newer parts that you don't even understand why you need these newer parts because you don't? And to be fair to Apple in this case, right, if they told you the latest iPhone's 30% faster than any Android phone you could buy, well, guess what? It's still true, even if it's last year's chip. Yeah, I mean, so, well, no, that's that's actually not true. There's, I, I mean, thirty percent is not the right number. I don't well, know. There's what the an number Android is. phone that's actually faster, by the way. Apple measures things, but it's because it's got a freaking fan on it, right? Which, okay. the, the, the gaming phone. Yeah, you hear the fan whirring. It's been so loud, but that does make it faster. Yes, uh, because it can cool itself. Yeah, right. I'm talking it, normal phones. It's. <laughs> people buy what they're told to buy and and you can get mad and you can write me. No, you know what? Don't write me emails ever. Don't, don't write emails to Jerry. Don't don't ever write me emails. Especially if you're going to be a jerk. (laughs) Why did I think you you were going to say that? I fold at Android central.com. You're going to buy, 
you're going to buy whatever Apple or Samsung or Google or whatever tells you that is the best. And if you spent the money and bought it, you're going to agree that it's the best. If you didn't buy it, you're going to say that it sucks and whatever you spent your money on is the best because you're just a consumer and chances are you're not some sort of mobile hardware engineer. The guys who are mobile hardware engineers, maybe they can have a little more, <clears throat> what's the word I'm looking for, valued input. <laughs> so here, here's my thought, right, with this. I, oh, I haven't seen the pricing range for those specific models using the A15 chip. They're too um, expensive. Are they are they more expensive than seven, what? It starts at seven ninety nine. Last year, it's, yeah, it's the but same as they, last are year. Are they more? Are they the same or more than last year? They're the same as last. Everything's priced the same as last year. Which is that? Just to me, is just so hilarious that that they would do that. But okay, anyways, yeah. Um, I, well, because my thought was that if it was going to be more expensive, then I would I was going to bash Apple for it. But whatever. Either way, pricing it. I don't want to. Well, talk no, about pricing. you should still bash Apple because it should have been cheaper. Yeah, well, that's, it, yes, that's what I was and that's thinking. It. Yeah, and, but, and I agree with Jerry's article in that context. Last but, year's chip is fine, but the phone needs to be cheaper. That's yes. it. I don't know what else to say about it. No, 100%. However, I, I think I want to give Apple some props here because they were upfront about it. Um, the oh, well, fact, they have to be. Well, yeah. They, they couldn't get away with this one. Exactly. Yeah, no. But but I, I I feel like if they had not said it, then that would have been even more problematic. But they would have. This is the first time in a flagship and the regular non SE, non five C iPhone that they're using. They're reusing a chip, and they're not even reusing. It's not the same chip from the iPhone thirteen and thirteen mini. It's the same chip from the Pro and the Pro Max because it has an extra uh, GPU core. The the GPU core has been unlocked, all six of them, as opposed to the 13 series, the, the regular and the mini had only five GPU cores unlocked. So there is a price, there is a performance boost for the newer phone. It's just not that brand new chip. Uh, then again, it's a performance boost. You are never going to notice. Right. And, and no. another reason for that is because they still put 60 hertz displays on it. <sighs> well, that and <laughs> that's, they, but the, that's a bigger I, problem to me, honestly. We, 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 Android users focus a lot on, on like how much RAM's on the phone and uh, Apple did, it's a, the same across the board from what I, what I can remember. I think all, all four models of the 14 have the same amount of RAM and it's more than what, uh, the 13 had last year too. So the extra GPU core plus the more, the additional RAM, you'll be able to have, you'll be able to switch between apps, even if you don't use them for hours on end. Cause I do it on my 13 pro max. Now I'll go back six hours later to go open Twitter or my Reddit app. And it's still the same place that it was before where that's not always the case on other phones with less RAM or other phones in general. Right. That's fair. It's just, I mean, nobody, Jerry's right. At the end of the day, you're not going to realize that because iPhone users don't pay attention to crap like that. It's, it's no. the geeks and nerds like us other than truthy with iPhone, like that do pay attention to that kind of stuff. <laughs> Okay, uh, I want to go on to the next topic because I'm tired of talking about Apple. I mean, I am going to talk about Apple for for a moment with the next topic, but I'm, I'm I, let's move on. Okay, uh, so I wrote an article. It got published this morning. Uh, it's called Google and Apple are paving the way with digital wallets, even if some places are slow to catch up. Now, the reason why I wrote this article is because uh, a couple of weeks ago in our uh, news meeting, 
we were talking about why, you know, digital payments are not as popular in the specific locations that we're, we all, the Android Central writers live in. And the majority of us live in North America. I live in Canada and then everyone else lives in, in you know, the U.S. Um, and so we were kind of talking about it because it, it is popular in so many other places, but why isn't it, you know, as popular as it should be in North America? Why aren't we seeing it often um, when people use it? There's a, there's a lot of people who are like, oh, does that work? Or, you know, there's almost like this distrust that's there. Um, so I, I did some digging and I, I wrote it and and I I really found some cool facts. I mean, I think it might not be as cool to other people because it's probably obvious to other people, but it was interesting to me. I spoke to some people and it was very interesting to see their responses because I spoke to four people and all of them live in different locations. One lives in the U.S., um, in California, where it's obviously very popular to use digital payments. One individual lives in India, where it's super popular. Everyone in India uses digital payments. And then another person who I spoke to lives in Canada and explained to me why the markets in Canada um, is different compared to India and the U.S. So I don't know. I just thought it was a super interesting thought. I'm, and I wanted to hear what you guys felt about it, if you guys have thoughts about it. Yeah, we we talked about this um, when when you were discussing about talking, you know, I can't even talk now. Gosh, look at this. We talked about this and we were discussing the topic in one of our planning sessions. There we go. That's what I wanted to say. And, you know, I feel like, at least in the U.S., we have been behind on this kind of thing for a while now. Like I said, a decade ago when I went to Ireland, we didn't have a a chip on our cards, right? It was just a magnetic stripe. And that was weird there because every card had had chips for a while. And I, I think a lot of that's the case here with, with these types of things, with payment apps. And I think in the past, we've discussed why people don't use NFC payments more or pay with their phone. And for a lot of people, it's, you know, they don't trust that the phone will work when they want it to, they don't trust that the payments are actually secure, etc. There's a lot of like, I, I don't want to say distrust again, but people are just not confident with that method of payment. Whereas if we're using a dedicated card or a dedicated, you know, piece of cotton and paper, <laughs> that works every time. So, you know, I, I kind of feel like that's part of the issue versus, um, you know, maybe something else here technology wise. Yeah. And I mean, I think that was one of the, well, specifically in Canada, I, I'm going to read a quote from, from Jitesh Ubrani, who is the research manager for IDC, uh, IDC's worldwide device tracker. Um, he was the individual who's based in Canada. And so he said, um, I'm going to read his quote. Cause I, I, when I read it, it just, it just brought a lot of clarity to me. So he said, I'd argue that the rarity you mention is likely because of where we live. In Canada, our credit and cards have had NFC or chip and pin for a very long time, and tap to pay has made payments extremely convenient, and consumers have grown accustomed to payment via card rather than phone. In the U.S., chip and pin and NFC are a bit newer than in Canada, and it's taken a while for retailers and payment processing terminals to adopt the new features. This has had an impact on payments via phone because they rely on the same hardware, and I believe 
believe consumer behavior has been slow to adopt as well. In Asia and many other countries, retailers, as well as other places such as public transit, parking meters, and more, have used NFC, tap-to-pay, or another form of mobile payments for years and have leapfrogged countries like the U.S. and Canada when it comes to mobile payments. So I think that kind of sums it up to me. Like it just, it's just the way that we've adopted technology. And I always find it interesting how we, a a lot of the makers of technology are based in the U S and yet we, we are not the first to adopt some of the greatest technology. It's, it's other countries that are in the East, Europe, Africa, like Asia, you know, it's just, it just always, baffles my mind when I think about that. Maybe that's just me who's just very intrigued about it. You guys are silent. I hate uh, you all. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just I, I I use I use the only the only real mobile payment system that I use regularly is Apple Pay. I it just I find it to be easier to deal with. Um and it's doesn't require me to have two different apps installed. And it just works. It just works easier in general. Like I don't, and I know it's not a popular opinion. It's just, you know, that's just where I'm at with it. I just prefer Apple pay over Google wallet or Samsung pay. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, okay. If you guys have nothing else to say, I'm going to hand it over to Nick because I don't know what is being announced, but I know that Pico is announcing its next headset next week. So Nick, tell us a little bit about that. Yep, I'll keep it brief because, well, we don't know a whole lot, but um, the Pico Neo 4, Pico 4, I'm not sure if they're going to change the name, but Pico's next VR headset is being announced on September 22nd. That is in a week from today. Uh, This is the Quest competitor that's cropped up. Um, It started off in China. It, it, with the 3, moved to Europe, and now with the 4, it should also be launching in the U.S. So long as TikTok doesn't get banned here, which... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that that might be a more fun conversation for next week when they actually announce this thing. But the, yeah. the, basically, Pico is uh, a VR company. TikTok owns them. TikTok did not start them. They just bought them later on down the road. Um, and I think a lot of that was just due to the, the dynamics of Facebook slash Meta having bought Oculus a while ago is now sort of ruling the VR landscape. Uh, ByteDance wanted it in on the action. And, you know, now we have these sort of two warring companies who are huge in either market. Meta is huge here and in Europe. And then Pico is huge in China, starting to get a little bit bigger in Europe. Um, At least with the three, the hardware was effectively identical to the Quest 2. I mean, there were some differences, but for the most part, we're talking very, very similar pieces of hardware. Games could be ported to it really easily. So the library was pretty great right off the bat, right? Like, and I've seen a lot of developers uh, in, in the last probably few weeks that have announced games also say it's coming to Pico as well as Quest 2 and Steam VR, blah, 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 right? So it seems like they're they're really starting to pick up traction. And, you know, whether or not you think TikTok is a viable alternative to Meta, I, again, we'll save this conversation probably for next week when they actually announce it. But it's coming and it's happening soon. Coming soon. Okay. That's very exciting. I'm mm-hmm. excited to talk about it. Should be fun. Next week. Maybe. We'll see what happens. Hopefully. Um, they need to block that. 
the ball. Well, especially after the news this week about TikTok. Oh, yeah. That was it just, you know. I must have missed something. Oh, the Chinese state is trying to, you know, use disinformation to cause disarray in, in North America using TikTok results by yeah. pushing Man. forward videos that give misinformation. Uh, if yeah, that's the way they want to play, get rid of it. Kick it out of this country, period. It's it's Facebook and Russia all over again. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's bad. Oh, and, and, and we know what happens if we don't be proactive with it. it. Actually, it's probably worse than Facebook and Russia because China effectively controls TikTok. Whereas, yeah, and you know, Russian I, propaganda was spread through the ad networks, so it was a little more indirect. It just feels like China TikTok partnership is TikTok partnership is going to be more effective than a Facebook Russian social media. Almost team. assuredly, yes. Yeah. Especially given TikTok's uh, extremely wide reach now. Yeah, that's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes on. Okay, let's um, get to my favorite part of the podcast. Um, what made you happy this past week? Uh, I I mean, I know this past week has been pretty tough on everyone in our uh, newsroom. We've just had a, a long week. I don't want to get too much into it, but um, let's try to look at the positives, maybe. I don't know. Who wants to start? What made you guys happy? Here <laughs> we go first. You laughed. Uh, uh, oh, shit. Uh, my air conditioner went out, which did not make me happy. Uh, then I, the part I need had to be ordered and it won't, was supposed to be here today, but it's not going to be here for probably another week, which definitely did not make me happy, but a little bit of hillbilly engineering and a welder. <laughs> now I have AC it. again and that made me happy. Heck yeah. Cut a, cut a bike frame that. and made a prop to, to mount the wrong motor. We love that. And that that worked out really well. And I don't know, it just was kind of fun to, you know, say, screw it. I don't care if I ruin $5,000 worth of equipment. If there's a small chance I'm going to get my air conditioning back while it's so humid, let's do it. Is it still super humid up there? I don't know about today because I'm sitting in the air conditioning. That's fair. <laughs> but day we before love, yesterday, we love air it was. conditioning. We love it when it's cold. That's right. Who wants to go next? I can. So uh, in the last week and a half, two weeks, uh, this game called Contractors on the Quest, it's like a Call of Duty style game, came out with an update that added a whole bunch of modding tools and et cetera. So in, in the last week alone, we've gotten Halo mods, Star Wars mods, like, I don't know, it's just, it's been so much freaking fun to play all that stuff in VR. I'm like, screw Microsoft when I'm making a VR Halo. So, yeah, that's <laughs> it. There you go. I love it. Andrew? Uh, I've got new toys coming tomorrow, because I always have new toys coming. I have uh, Air, uh, the iPhone 14 Pro coming tomorrow, and then the one Apple product we didn't talk about. The uh, the Ultra Watch. That's the Apple right. Apple Watch Ultra is coming next week, yeah, along yeah, with my yeah, AirPods yeah. Pro too. And I am I'm I'm more excited for the Ultra than I am the phone. Other than like the dynamic island stuff, because I've been wanting a, a battery uh, Apple Watch that lasts more than a day for a long time. 
Yeah. I mean, aside from the, the the size of the watch, which I guess in your case, it would be really good. It's uh yeah, remember Nick's got the big thumbs. I've got the big wrists. Yes. You're part of the problem, young man. <laughs> okay. Uh, what made me happy this past week? Um, well, one, the weather is finally getting cooler in Toronto, which is my favorite season. Halloween is coming up. It's my favorite holiday. It's just all around lovely. Um, and then we also found out that we are going to be getting our puppy soon, which I'm really excited about as well. Um, and then I got married last week. So that was exciting. <laughs> yeah, we had a week of love with no meetings. It was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, uh, weddings are chaotic, but I think what was really amazing about it was that it was a small wedding of like 40. I think our final count was like 45 people, 48 people. <laughs> so jealous. Yeah, it was it was actually really really nice to have something small and you you know were able to just um, be with everyone that you like all the people that you saw were actually people you knew which is like really cool and I got a couple of comments from uh, some of the people at the event who were like it's so rare to see an Indian wedding to be this small and this one friend of mine said his wedding had eighteen hundred people and I honestly just. What? Oh Oh, yeah, I wouldn't have gotten married if that was mine. It's a small town. Yeah, it literally it was it was. How do you afford that? I don't know. I don't even want to know. But um, that's like impressive on a whole other level. Yeah, and yeah, but uh, aside from that, and also my dress getting coated in manure because (laughs) we went. (laughs) I would pay to see that. No, it was it was awful. Like literally, we did our we did our. our portraits at an alpaca farm in the morning before the ceremony and it's starting to cool down. So there was dew and obviously it's a farm. So there's manure and we like, I don't know. I was just like walking around. We were feeding the alpacas. It was truly like the most amazing thing ever. And then we get back into the car and like five minutes into the drive, I just like look at my maid of honor who was driving us and I'm like, does it smell like shit in here? <laughs> like, <laughs> every, like my partner was behind being like, yeah, it smells really bad. Like it's awful. And then they ended up having to like spray half a bottle of Febreze in my skirt to like mask the smell because it was just so bad. <laughs> grief. But apart from that, everything else went great. <laughs> it's lovely. Anyway, I mean, you know what? You're laughing about it. So that means it was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It didn't ruin the day. That's, that's it. If, if anything, it, it gave you a great story. So there, it it really did. It really <laughs> did. Um, but uh, apart from that, yeah, happy to be back. I missed you guys. Um, and on that note, we have to head to our team meeting. So I'm gonna call this podcast recording to an end. Wherever you are, thank you very much. Whether it's the morning, afternoon, or night, thank you so much for listening to us. We really, really appreciate it. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Bye. See ya. Bye. Adios.